It's day 28 of the quarantine. Welcome into Reed's Ranch. We are proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm, East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. If you find yourself needing legal representation, don't say guilty. Say Garza. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. On today's episode, uh, we discuss life under Rona, some positivity, what we think about the upcoming seasons, Tennessee's quarterback battle, as well as some favorite wrestling storylines. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you Wednesday, April 8th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama, live and on video. I get to see your beautiful face. You look great. That's right. Thank you, my brother, as do you. Thanks. I appreciate you. How are you holding up? Uh, the last two days have been good. Monday was pretty rough. I don't know. It just kind of comes and goes, you know. Some days are worse than others in this. Some days seem like they'll never end. Some days go by, like, immediately, it feels I like. I just miss sports. Yeah. You know, it's this shows you that, like, sports drive so much culturally like there's nothing to talk yeah about. even like if you don't like sports or you don't watch the games you still find things to talk about through that and we don't have any we just haven't had anything to talk about no nope, nothing to talk about at all and like this is a time where we should have other stuff to talk about but like i mean i guess the election pretty much just stopped too right i mean i did i was watching i was watching cnn last night watching my boy chris como and uh i didn't even see any updates on the Wisconsin polling numbers? Like they weren't running that on the bottom. They weren't even showing anything with that. It was just virus, virus, virus. Who won? I mean, I, I assume Biden won. Biden won since Bernie dropped out today. But yeah, I forgot that. I didn't. I don't know that I actually realized it was. I don't know. I know that they had that whole Supreme Court thing about it like two days beforehand, like two days ago, like the day before, or whatever. I don't even know that I saw any numbers, but I assume Biden won easily. Yeah, I assume so, because like I said, Bernie dropped out today, but it seemed like even the election covers just stopped, too. It's just nothing but Rona. And I'm over it. I made an official announcement on Sunday. I'm over it. I want my sports back. It's pretty brutal. There is uh, no getting around that. It's brutal. I want my movies back. I want my new releases back. I want to go to the theaters. I don't want to drink popcorn and Mountain Dew, but I would settle for popcorn and root beer right now. Hell, I might even get popcorn and Mountain Dew. That's how much I miss movie theater popcorn. 
Man, it, I, I miss it too. It really is the best. Going to a restaurant and sitting down. Like, I mean, I didn't do it all the time, but I liked having that option on Fridays. Now there's nothing to do to celebrate the weekend getting here. No, there really is. I mean, it's it's getting to the point where, I mean, like my mom and sister, like they, st- my mom has been doing it for over three weeks now, you know? I mean, like, I guess this is my third week of working from home. So my mom's been doing this for like over three weeks. Like this is like her, her we'll make a month of her basically sheltering in place. It, it's, that's a long damn time. Do you think it's getting worse on people or are people starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Because I feel like it got pretty dark for people by the time we recorded last week, right? Like, I mean, we recorded yeah. Wednesday of last week and people were, you know, you didn't know how bad it was going to get. You kept hearing it's going to get bad. It's going to be bad. And it looks like there might not be an end in sight. But I feel like just a week later, it feels like, okay, we might start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Like, Laura Rutledge, I believe, said schools want athletes back on campus mid-July. Major League Baseball is talking about starting in May. Yeah, I mean, that, we can talk about that later. So, I mean, it looks like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. The deaths haven't gotten too bad. Like, we had 2,000 yesterday, but that's still a lot less than we were bracing for in one day, right? Like, I thought we, I think we thought we'd have had five, six, 7,000 by now and we're still hovering around 2000 so it looks like things are getting better for sure I, like last week was about the 10 day period of me working from home and it was getting at that point for me it was getting pretty it was getting pretty grim just in terms of my uh mentality and this week hasn't been that bad monday was brutal for some reason i don't know the weekends are so weird now the weekends are so weird because like there's no difference now like a week the weekend is totally man-made there's basically no difference between the weekend and a normal day now the weekends are very weird i think i'm getting used to it it's still just i mean it sucks i'm tired of it i'm over it yeah, I am over it. I've been over it. But like I said, the light at the end of the tunnel gives me hope. I feel like we will get sports back soon. I, uh, we're definitely getting professional sports back, barring just some epic collapse of our infrastructure. Like, barring us trying to go back too, or too soon and just like something just completely blowing up in our face, it does seem like we are rounding second base and getting ready to to go, I feel like it's 90%. Let me take that back. I feel like it's 80% we get finished of an NBA season, that we start up Major League Baseball, that the NFL will be playing in the fall. Like I'll even say 85%. I feel good about those. Where are you at? Yeah, it definitely feels like, I mean, Adam Silver told Trump he wanted the opportunity to kick start everything back right like since they were the first ones to shut it down they would love the opportunity to kickstart it back up yeah but i don't know if they're gonna get that opportunity i feel like baseball is going to cut them because i feel like adam silver is one of the more liberal commissioners and he will be cautious and take his time whereas i think baseball would be much more willing to uh to go first well n- now like if baseball is gonna do what Jeff Passan talked about in that ESPN article. Arizona? You're talking about going and playing the whole season in Arizona, basically? Like, nobody in the stands. Players sit in the bleachers. 
six feet apart from each other. There is no umpire behind the plate. He's further back, maintaining six feet of distance, and they have electronic umpires. I mean, that's about as safe as you can get. I don't think baseball is going to do that. I, I I I could believe them going to Arizona. I don't believe that they will do all this and then run out electronic umpires right away. Like I I don't think that'll happen. I think the umpire getting tested will be enough. Like if he can get the same test as the players, like if he's negative, then there's no sense in making him not work. In my opinion, what killed me about that article was that at the end he said Jeff Passan ended it with basically it's either this or we don't have baseball at all. And I'm like, really, dude? There's only two options? It's either we do all these crazy rules and just totally change the game of baseball, or we don't have a season at all. That seemed dumb. That seems dumb. So I don't I don't buy those are the only two options. I do think the NBA will be first back for sure. Well, golf, golf said they're going to be back when? Uh, June? I don't know. I don't know. I believe that's what- I think NBA will be back by June. Yeah. I agree. I think NBA will be the first back. I'm still shocked that tennis just pretty much shut everything down. A sport perfectly designed for social distancing. That, that's that been my one of my biggest surprises. I wonder if it's just because it's a European sport. That's the only thing that made sense for me is like Italy and France. Like it's such a, a big thing there. And like, you know, those were getting ravished at the time. But yeah, I mean, golf said they're coming back for, with a memorial in the middle of June. So. That's like the official, I guess, deadline if the NBA wants to be first. Which, if they're going to have a season, they have to get started by June anyways. I think that, assuming America stays the course that it's on, and like everyone keeps doing their duty, and keeps doing as they ought to, I think it seems like America has handled this about as well as could be expected. I mean, like, Japan is in a lockdown right now. Singapore's had to go back and shut down their schools for the first time ever. They've shut down the financial markets. Like, we need to stay the course to make sure we don't have to come back in a month and do that like Singapore's had to. Um, You know, I mean, South Korea's just a different kind of environment because they have to be prepared for biological terrorism because of North Korea. I read that, which actually makes a lot of sense. One reason why... They've had they've had other pandemics and they're they they have a plan in place because of North Korea, so it seems like America has done well has done pretty well, um. Just got to keep on, not that much longer. I mean, I don't think it will be that much longer at all. Yeah, and hopefully, no one has been financially ruined. You know, coming out of this, hopefully that doesn't happen. But like you said, Seth, it seems as if. All things considered, we are doing pretty well. You know, currently we're still under 15,000 deaths. Now, that's not going to be the case, but um, many of you hear this podcast probably. But for now, still holding on pretty strong, doing pretty good. I said 85% pro sports. Where are you at on that? That sounds about right. By by what? I say we're, we, I would think they would. I'm not counting golf. Well, golf's going to play. We'll have, golf's going to play, yeah, yeah. and... I would say by June, we have NBA or MLB for sure. Yeah, and you know, fo- NFL football is going to go on, in my opinion. Again, that's barring some type of catastrophe. So maybe my 90% is more accurate. Like, we're 90% going to finish this stuff. I almost feel like at this point, right now, it would either have to keep NFL from happening. It would either have to be another unrelated pandemic or 
COVID-19 comes back with like a newfound, like it's, you know, a, a different strain of it. It's mutated and adapted and it just hits us hard like in August when we're at least expecting it. What about college? How you feel about college? I'm not I'm not as optimistic about college, but I'm still probably moved ahead to like 60%. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I haven't read anything about it. Like I I really liked that one idea that was floated around of only playing conference games because I liked the idea of opening up with Florida at home. So you like that idea of just get straight into conference games? I think like if that was the case, it would be like an absolute just peak Needland performance. Just the peak atmosphere. That would be pretty cool. But I don't know. I mean, I, I really I don't know. I say that Laura Rutledge said by mid-July they want athletes back on that's campus. That's the last update I saw was that that's like the, her last report is that mid-July is what people are targeting for return of athletes to campus. So basically a month and a half until the season starts. Would you rather open up the season against Florida? No non-conference games. Or would you rather it move to spring and Florida's coming to Knoxville in like January? I don't know. I don't know. That would be so weird. Florida never has to play cold weather, really. So you bring them into Knoxville in January. like If we had to wait until January to get into Neyland Stadium, by the time that we finally got in there, like, some hillbilly might jump the rail and go kill a Florida player. USA! USA! Think about, we don't we don't get to see a football game in Neyland until January. I mean, it's only April! Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, these sports leagues are talking about coming back, but, you know, basketball and baseball, I would imagine, are going to be without fans for a while. So, I'm not as confident when we start looking at attendance. I'm not as confident with that, like, how soon will people feel like getting back among 100,000 people? Yeah. Or even 20,000 people in, like, you know, if you're looking at baseball or uh, basketball games, excuse me. Why is the NBA not more seriously considering the option of, like, going to that arena in the Bahamas? I, I haven't heard them dismiss it. Uh, to, to me, everything I've read about really all these leagues, but especially the NBA, is that it always, it's, just, it's just coming down to tests. Like, tests being available. I mean, when is that supposed fifteen dollar Amazon test coming out? Like, uh, I heard I about that like two, two or three, like two or three weeks ago. That was supposed to be fifteen dollars. I don't know, but like with the NBA, it's like, hey, testing, testing, testing. We need testing because you know them going to Las Vegas and they talked about just taking over a, a casino and just playing nonstop there. That could work. It, to me, like with that and like with the Arizona thing, it's really going to come down to like, can you convince the non-millionaires to do this can you convince your like team trainers to go away from their family for five months four months or whatever and and, and live there and not make a lot of money last week um 3200 people in santa clara county were tested for covid19 antibodies and that that study is going to be released next week so antibody testing is on the way um and then in Italy, they did a. They were doing serological tests in Italy, so we're gonna have serological tests on the way. Um, the bad news was was that town that they did these serological tests in Italy basically showed um, 
nobody, like they're not even close to having herd immunity. So. Give me the redneck version of that. Like they thought that, you know, one kind of pet theory was that millions of people have had this starting in January, December, January. We just didn't know about it. And, you know, they got better because the fatality rate's not crazy high. Well, it turns out that doesn't appear to have been the case whatsoever based on this town in Italy because um, this town about 50 kilometers outside of Milan, which which is basically the epicenter of the outbreak in Italy, 13 to 14% of people have been immunized. So not really herd immunity whatsoever. I think herd immunity is like maybe 90%. Um, but they are developing blood tests. Multiple types of blood tests have been developed and are working and are on the way. So that's the good news. But yeah, how it affects, will they, will there be enough to actually like have people out in public and then go to a game where you have tens and tens and tens of thousands of people? That might just be know. a concession people have to make this year. That's what I still haven't gotten much more. That's what I still haven't gotten much more confident in. Uh, I, I told you ninety percent that we get some professional sports played. I even feel good that they'll make the college kids play. But whether or not they allow people to pile in on top of each other, that's where I'm kind of like that seems a little soon. Five months from now. Yeah, even if we have all these serological tests, what are you gonna do? Scan people when they walk in with the biometric, you know, temperature thing. Check the like. I mean, even if you, there's no way to know. So it seems like the best case is just to not let people in yet. You'll go one year without fans. You just got to settle it with the TV money. You just got to settle it with TV money. Like you got to look and say, okay, well, we can play or not play, but we got to get some money in. Like, that's why, like, the NBA has to get to 70 regular season games to get their local TV contracts. They're only at, like, 62 right now, I think, somewhere around there. So they have to come back and play at least eight regular season games. Obviously, college football needs their TV money. And, like, that's, like, life or death for them. Like, for as bad as the NBA will be, but, like, the colleges, like, I mean, your your whole school will, you know, collapse if you're not getting these big athlete revenue checks. Athletic revenue checks. Yep. It's going to be extremely weird to watch a college football game with no people there. But I think we'd all agree, or when I say we all, I mean me and you, we would rather watch a game with no fans than not have games, right? Yeah, for sure. Give me fans. I mean, give me games. I don't, I mean, if, if we can't go, then whatever. Just give me games. Just be weird, like, seeing, like, a college game day set in, like, an empty campus. Lee Corso putting on a tiger head in an absolute barren campus no, with nobody behind we him. We can't have Lee Corso out there. He's at, he's at high risk. We got to keep That's Lee probably Corso true. quarantined. Like, this can't be the thing that puts him down. I don't want him putting on the corona head case, the corona head uh, mascot thing and going down that way. I don't, I don't want that. And it looks like. I saw a link yesterday. Kurt Curb Street and Chris Fowler might go to the booth for Monday Night Football. I think that would be a smart move for everybody involved. Uh, I mean, like I, I feel like with Herb Street and and Fowler, that's the main event, right? Being on Monday Night Football. It's bigger than their college football primetime. Is all I'm saying. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, like ratings what. wise, it's probably doubled almost. Um, I just hate Monday Night Football. It sucks so bad now. I never watch it because the games suck. Sunday Night Football is just a million times better. It is. But maybe that will uh, change with the new, you know, new bidding up and stuff. Maybe they'll have to give Monday Night Football better stuff. They need to big time. They're still kind of paying ESPN back for the Bill Simmons stuff, I think. Ah, okay. They're kind of just like, you're going to let this guy talk shit about Roger Goodell? Well, fuck you. Here you go. Enjoy Bengals. Bengals Browns. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. I never watch it anymore. Sunday Night Football is like must-see TV. Yeah, I mean, Sunday Night Football is the prime, the showcase thing. It is. But Monday Night Football used to be that, and I would imagine it'll get better. Like, it's 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 not going to get worse. But even then, like Fowler and Herbstreet, that Monday Night Football is still very valuable to ESPN and the NFL. And then you got to keep in mind that playoff game, you would have a better team there. Like, Booger's been embarrassing. Testator hasn't been good there either, but... I don't think anyone would disagree that Fowler and Herbstreit are the, the best team they have, right? Yeah, I agree. Like, that's the best team ESPN has. So you put them on your most expensive property. And I also think it's easier to find teams in college football to rise up and be better or rise up and, you know, kind of uh, get elevated. Mm-hmm. You got more options with the SEC network and you could bring in some college stars So for that, it would make sense. But talking college football, uh, what would what would have happened, Seth, if Mike Leach had taken the job in Knoxville and tweeted out a picture of a grandmother knitting a noose? I, like the okay, just refresh me here. The joke was about a husband or wife killing their spouse, right? It was about a yeah. The woman's like the the joke was something about a woman knitting her husband a scarf, and it was a noose, and it had actually been stolen from a I want to say Sweden or some other country. It might not have been Sweden. Some country had had like a elder suicide PSA because all their old people were killing themselves, so they were trying to run some like PSA. Don't kill yourself, old people. Yeah, we can like obviously Mike knew nothing about that. I'm sure. Oh yeah, no, and like. No. He, I'm just going to say that I imagine the, the player in question that transferred out was already leaning heavily to getting the hell out of there, I imagine. I I, I cannot imagine there that things had been harmonious between him, himself and Mississippi State and that that was the, you know, that out of nowhere he decided he was going to transfer. I would probably say that Mike Leach was still in the position where he was having to win over a bunch of players as a new coach. Yeah, I, I agree there too. Um, but it only one is left. Is it only one? Okay. I've only seen one. Fab- I've only seen that defensive line. Yeah, Fabian. Love it. I believe also Brevin Jones is the other guy's name. Okay, so two have left. He is a um, freshman. He is a freshman lineman defensive lineman from alabama i saw that one guy was looking at coming to tennessee yes the first guy i believe is looking to come to tennessee i think fabian whatever yeah but this guy's name is brevin jones so there's been another one three-star prospect number 160 number 61 overall recruit from the state of alabama so i mean he was neither one of these guys are studs no brevin jones was 
the number 140 overall offensive tackle in the nation. Yeah, neither, neither one of these guys were studs, but what would have happened had he come to Knoxville and ran off two players by tweeting out a picture of a noose? I mean, people would be furious, I'm sure. I had, like, I didn't realize for a while that the that guy was transferring, the Fabian Lovett guy was transferring over the noose tweet. I was like, what? Like, I mean, it all just seems like we're all just bored. Okay, so you, I was going to say, you seem like you don't think this is a big deal. Well, I didn't, I saw they're making him do cultural sensitivity training. He's having to listen to, he's having to go and meet with students and listen to their questions and listen to their concerns. I mean, I do think tweeting out a noose in Mississippi is a pretty bad thing whenever you are coaching a team full of black people. That's probably not the way to, you know, get the players to buy in to what you're selling them. Now, granted, do I think Mike Leach was trying to be racist by doing that? No. I think it was a harmless joke, and it's all way overblown. Okay, so you don't you, you think it's just an overreaction? Yeah, it was clear what the meme meant. Again, though, Noose, Deep South, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, if you if you think that, okay. I I, I kind of think it was just really uh, stupid. For him to do that. Well, I would say he would agree. It's the whole like no filter thing. Like, I think that stuff is just. You can do that while you're at. Pullman. At Washington State. But I feel like that stuff in the SEC. You kind of. Is it fair to say like you kind of see why teams maybe had. Why schools had maybe not been in love with the idea of hiring Mike Leach. Oh, I mean, his mouth has always gotten him in trouble. He's never been able to shut up. Is that what you want as a uh, leader of your program? That's kind of just where I was at on it. It's like you kind of see the rough around the edges stuff that has kind of held him back. Yeah. I mean, there's probably very few, like, coaches that have a higher IQ than he does in terms of, like, college football head coaches. But he just, like, has – obviously he has trouble – getting that across he has trouble with the you know presentation he also probably just has too much time on his hands like you said yeah i mean he's always had trouble with the presentation like he locked a dude in a closet at texas tech greg james's son probably deserved that though to be honest yeah i mean but you probably ought not lock a famous telecaster son in a closet after a concussion I was just thinking about the reaction we would have had here had Mike had Mike Leach came to Knoxville and ran off two players by tweeting something out. You should be thankful he's not here and this happened just because you would have been you would have had to talk about nothing else on the radio for the last two weeks. Every caller would have been about that. We don't take callers. Everybody, that's all anybody would want to talk about is two recruits. Like we don't even know if these guys are any good. We know the offensive tackle's not. I, mean, I got a feeling the defensive lineman's not very good either. I mean, I just got a feeling. Uh, he, he, maybe he'll develop into something good. But I got a feeling right now I'm going to say he is not good. Yeah, I would say that's probably a fair. I, I mean, it sounded more like in that story he wanted to come to Tennessee more than Tennessee wanted him. 
was how I took that story that mentioned um, mentioned Tennessee and him with his dad or whatever. It sounded like they were really they really liked the idea of Tennessee, but we don't really know how Tennessee feels about it. I mean, okay. Either way, moving on. What else do you want to talk about besides Mike Leach? What is there to talk about? The only real notable thing in sports I've read all week was that crazy Major League Baseball story from Jeff Passan talking about people sitting in the bleachers instead of the dugout and only playing seven inning games and not having them <laughs> behind the plate umpire, not having a plate ump. Um, there's basically been nothing. There's nothing going on. I mean, the, the damn presidential campaign has stopped. We had uh, Brian Maurer tweet out that JG was going to be the starting quarterback, get called out by a fan, and then post a uh, the post the tweet as his header. So things are going well in Tennessee's quarterback room right now. Brian Maurer, he seems very emotional. He seems very, very emotional. And... Whew. Sometimes you just gotta log off, bro. Sometimes you just have to log off. It's okay to log off sometimes. Is JT Shrout, like, has anybody heard anything from him lately? We haven't seen any pro- transfers from any quarterback so far. I guess no spring practice might have... I don't know. I guess since there there was there was no Harrison Bailey to like show those guys they were never going to play. Yeah, I was going to say, but I also maintain that no spring practice is going to make it really tough for Harrison Bailey to get on the field next year, this upcoming year. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. I think that's going to maybe that's good for Pruitt and the guys who want a old veteran quarterback. Maybe that gives them an easy excuse to start Garantano to see what he's got. And, like, you know, even the the most redneck, hate Garantano fan base, you know, or the people who are just sick sick and fed up with him, like, even they would probably have to understand that, right? Of, like, hey, like, now's not the time. He just didn't, you know, Bailey didn't have enough time with the team. You, you got to have some, some leadership. You got to know the playbook. You got to have had enough practice. And, you know, him being an early enrollee was going to make that really tough. Which, by the way, that's, that would suck to be an early enrollee, right? And, like, just waste a whole semester of college. That would kind of suck. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe it gives Pruitt a pass up until Garantano throws one of those god-awful interceptions he always does. And then, it's not going to matter, the Rednecks are going to want to see Harrison Bailey. Oh, yeah, the first time JG messes up, or the first time, like, a pass, yeah, like, the first time a pass is overthrown... The first time he gets sacked, the first time he takes a six-yard check down over throwing the ball down the field, like people are gonna, people already have their minds made up. And I'm not saying they're wrong. Like I, I'm not sold on Garantano. I'm just saying like this is going to give the coaching staff an excuse if they want to start him, and it's going to give them a real obstacle to hurdle if they do want to bench him and go with Bailey, just because it's gonna be hard for Bailey to be ready from day one. Especially, like, obviously, especially if we're going just conference games only. Yeah. I mean, that would be a hell of a time for Harrison Bailey to uh, come out there as the first game at home against the Gators. That'd be tough. Would no fans help or hurt 
a freshman quarterback. It would help for sure. You would think so, right? Yeah. It would help for sure. Maybe if there's no fans, you just start Bailey. Does having no – I feel like having no fans in the stands probably helps us against Florida in general. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that negative energy that hits when oh, Tennessee man. plays Florida. And, and as soon as it hits, the game's over oh, because it just gets worse. For sure. The the crowd the crowd weighs down the players. The players feel it. It's just you just can't avoid it. You can't ignore it. It's over. Like I was shocked that we beat Tennessee the way. Or the, excuse me, that we beat Florida. I was shocked the way we beat Florida in 2016. After falling behind early, because you just thought, yeah, this is over. Yeah, basically, Jawan Jennings just wouldn't lose. Correct. He just was not going to lose that game. Um, I am too. It's still stunning to this day. I mean, just like, I mean, like, think about the last time we played them at home. They gave us one million chances to run away with that game, and we were down a shit ton of points at halftime. I mean, we did. I mean, we had things happen that are just laughable, like Austin Pope. Shout we kicked out to the world's the podcast, Austin Pope. We kicked the world's best onside kick, the world's best onside kick, and have like four dudes around the ball, and the Florida guy recovers it. The world's second best onside kick. I don't know if you watched the uh, the Tax Slayer Bowl or the Gator Bowl, whichever best. one. That we were onside in. kick was beautiful, man. Whichever bowl we were in, against Indiana, whatever bowl that was. It was the Tax Slayer Bowl, right? Yeah, it was the Tax Slayer Bowl. I don't know. If 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 we're at home against Florida and nobody's there, just start Harrison Bailey. What the hell? Who cares? All right. There you, ha- there you have it. We are officially backing Harrison Bailey. Only if no fans are in the stands. If fans are there, then I guess we have to roll out guaranteed. Oh, God. All right. Let's get to some patron questions. Before we do, gotta shout out the new patrons. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Uh, recently, I've, I've acquired 100 water bottles. I'm going to uh, give out to certain levels of patrons, so keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on your email if you are a, uh, a patron. I got 100 of them, so we will uh, get those sent out. So I'll be in touch with you soon. Uh, but Tyler Staley edited his pledge from $2 to $10. Shout out to Tyler Staley. We love you and appreciate you. We do, and that is it. That's that's the uh, only one so far this week. Shout out to Tyler. Big ups to Tyler. Look at that, a solo shout out. In this economic downturn, Tyler Staley making sure he takes care of my kids. You know, it is important. It is important right now during the economic downturn to take care of Seth's kids. All right, let's uh, let's get to some questions. Have you seen any yet? I haven't even checked the thread. I was too busy trying to get this video chat going. I did see Jake ask a good one. Okay, what was it? Did you watch WrestleMania, by the way? I watched it with you on Zoom. Oh, that's correct. You did. What'd you think? It's fun. I had a great night. First restaurant you're going to post-quarantine. First restaurant? First restaurant I'm going to post-quarantine? It will probably be Downtown Grill, honestly. Nice. We go to to Downtown Grill a lot. It'll probably be downtown grill. That's that's never a wrong time to go to downtown grill and brewery. Get really drunk off their happy hour. Maybe on the way to the movies. That's kind of the way I see that first day going. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, maybe go by and get some ice cream. 
once Lent is over. That'll probably, yeah, that'll probably be what happens. What about you? Do you have a first restaurant you're going to? I don't know. No, I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a favorite I, restaurant, to be honest. I don't either. I don't, I, I don't, I don't either. I am kind of craving some spicy chicken nuggets from Wendy's right now, though. I think you can get those right now. I can. I can. I'm just saying in general, I might go get some as soon as this podcast is over. Some Wendy's? Yeah. There's not a Wendy's close to me anymore. Brother not, Bob would like to know what our favorite part of quarantine has been. It closed down? Yeah, it went on the strip's gone. Damn. F. I always remember having bad service there, so it's not a surprise, but it's gone. You gotta drive away at Chapman to get Wendy's now. Well, I found, well, my roommate in college, we lived on the other side of Chapman Highway, and he found a fingernail clipping in his drink at the Wendy's <laughs> on, uh, Wait, it might have been the Wendy's on the. It was the Wendy's on the strip. It was okay. the Wendy's on the strip. Well, that's so, why. So close. your that's so why your rec- your recollection of bad service rings true, um, because yes, he found a fingernail clipping and he just looked at me like, I mean, it was just a look of pure disgust on his face. It was, it was gross. That's disgusting. Um, brother Bob would like to know what our favorite part of quarantine has been. Mine has been the fellowship on Zoom with my Discord, with the Reed's Ranch people, and, um, you know, just... I gotta say, mine has been home-cooked meals. Kendall's been coming through in the clutch for you. Yeah, because, I mean, this is... The quarantine's working great for her, I mean, because she doesn't have to go, go to work anymore. Like, she just works from home. So she says she saves like over two hours of her day between getting ready and driving and then driving home. So she's always home and done with her work and ready to cook at six. And I, I love the home cooked meals. So that's been a pretty cool part of the quarantine. Plus not having to uh, feel bad about myself for not wanting to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean there. Cause sometimes like I don't actually want to leave the house. And now I have a built-in excuse. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, you want to go do something on Friday? We're like, yeah, sure, let's go. But now, like, we don't even have the, the obligation. I just can stay home and watch TV without feeling bad about myself. Yep. I no longer have to, like, justify not going anywhere on a Friday night. Hey, you're, uh, you haven't been to the gym in a while. Well, I, I, I can't. I can't go to the gym. It's closed. That's true. That's true. Now that's bad sometimes because sometimes I need to go and, and you know I've tried to go outside and run, then I just start sneezing and dying from the allergies. But the the having the built-in excuse of not leaving the house is nice for people who don't always like leaving the house. Plus, same line of thinking. I excuse just to binge watch a lot of TV, and I finished my book. I finally finished Dreamland. That was a year in the making. I, I it finally hammered me down. I had to finish it, so I got that going. There's been some good parts about the quarantine, honestly. There have been a couple of good portions. You know, I would like to, uh, since we're talking about, you know, finding the positives out of a bad situation, I would like to read this excerpt from a Wes Rucker article earlier this week. There are no silver linings. There, there are silver linings to every situation if you look hard enough, but no one wants their benefit to come with a COVID-19-sized crater of an asterisk. Thousands around the world are dead, thousands more are dying, and millions have lost or will lose their jobs. I speak only for myself, but I wouldn't want that asterisk to come with anything good that happened to me during this period full of sickness, sadness, and consternation. I felt bad enough 
when I won a National Associated Press Sports Editor's Award for the game story I wrote from Tennessee's infamous LSU loss to the Tigers in 2010. The story focused on the actions from several individual (laughs) Tennessee players during the few minutes where they thought they'd upset the 12th-ranked Tigers in Baton Rouge. Listen to that ass clown. (laughs) Has he ever read a room before? Yeah, by the way, everyone's lost their jobs. Thousands and thousands of people have died, but let me plug my AP Sports Editor Award I won a decade ago. Literally a decade. A decade ago. It's been a decade at this point, which is hard to believe that that game was a decade ago. Not for me. A lot of shit's happened between now and then. It has. People always say it's hard to believe. No, life's life's been going on, man. There's a lot of stuff that's happened between then and now. There's probably tons of those awards given out every year, too. Probably tons of them. I'm not going to diminish the award, but... I'm not going to diminish the award... What that I mean that that was an absolute two paragraph just pile of shit, John. So did he basically say that he didn't want good things to happen to him right now yeah. while people are yeah. dying? Yeah, I mean it's like, dude. You, whatever. You gotta like, you gotta celebrate the good things, guys. Like, yeah, I still want good things to happen to everybody. Like, it doesn't come with an asterisk. It comes you with still a, have to choose. Wow, look at what I accomplished while the world was hurting. Like, good for yeah. me. The world is burning, but I'm still going to choose joy. I'm choosing joy. Uh, Wes is above choosing joy, apparently. But just in case you uh, didn't know, he won uh, an award a decade ago. So, so is he saying it was tough to win that award at the uh, because Tennessee lost that game in the way yes, it lost? Yes, he, he, he is drawing an equivalency between a worldwide pandemic that has won cratered people's livelihood if it didn't outright kill them between that and a Tennessee football game a decade ago. He is drawing an equivalency there. I thought he wasn't a Tennessee fan, so why would that have been a bad moment for him? Doesn't he always tell people he's not a fan? Yeah, but everybody knows he is because you're not going to cover Tennessee if you're not a fan. I mean, like David Ubbin is like the the outlier here. Yeah. He came from like Texas or Oklahoma. Okay. I mean, we really want to like believe that like, what's the, I don't even know his name. Josh Ward isn't a Tennessee fan. I don't know. I was just wondering what the yeah, he, uh, tragedy always, there was. Like just, just there Tennessee isn't losing one. a game. I mean, it sucks. There isn't one. It's not really like the COVID-19 outbreak. No. Okay. Well. That's all I got. (laughs) That's not choosing joy. That's choosing misery. Yeah, I mean, it's a worthless two paragraphs. It's absolutely, it makes no sense. Like, there's, it it doesn't even make sense. Nice to know our beef is about to be back on and running. It simmered down. I'm sure this will get back to him. (laughs) He's going to be mad again. My bad. I threw a Molotov cocktail on an already (laughs) 
simmered down rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Apologies, John. The rivalry's back on. This is like, uh, yeah, the rivalry's back on. Well, I mean, just, you know, congratulations to Wes Rucker on his National Associated Press Sports Editor Award. Boomer ass. <laughs> Boomer ass. Do you think that sports will be more important in our lives when they return, or have we realized we can live without them? More. Yeah, I think uh, Boomer. If you're, I don't know if you were listening at the beginning or not, but Seth kind of already hit that. Like, we realize that sports just kind of create all the topics of conversation. Yeah. In our lives, I personally cannot wait for sports. I think there'll be more, yeah. I do. Involved, like John asked, like the the necessity of it. Like when you look at cities, like the economy there is just so important, right? I mean, like I feel like there's just what you're going to see. I mean, you saw already. I mean, here locally, you've you've had like three stories written about Gus's. That would probably be a lot of businesses if college football just didn't exist this fall. Yeah. So I think it it, it might be a reflection on our society that we put place yeah. so much importance on sports. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'd be open to that discussion about that it's not healthy, but I would say that this has made us want it more than ever and realize how much joy and and how much of our personality is connected to sports. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes, I agree with that. I do agree with that, for sure. Jackie asked me, top three wrestlers and storylines. What are my top three wrestlers and storylines? Um, well, I mean, like, an easy cop-out storyline-wise would be, like, I just, I mean, everyone loved the Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon angle. You know, it went for a long time. That was the peak of professional wrestling in a pop culture sense. And it was something, Seth, that hit the nerve of every person who's ever had a job, right? Fuck my boss. Like, everyone has thought that before. Yeah. What about when Undertaker came out of the coffin? Well, which time? That's happened plenty of times. I don't know. The one that the, the gif that always is always posted. That's just, that just a casket match, I think. Okay. He just rose up. I mean... The Undertaker, the, I, I did as a kid. I mean, I don't know if this would be my, I, I guess this was probably my second favorite storyline. I really liked the uh, the uh, the ministry. That scared the shit out of me when I was younger. When the Undertaker was like a cult leader. And there was one episode where he had, he hung Stone Cold on a crucifix. And he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon. That was pretty scary. I liked The Undertaker. I liked Rey Mysterio as a kid too. I never really liked Rey Mysterio. Too small. Wore that mask. Didn't didn't buy into Rey Mysterio. Didn't buy into him. Some people love him, though. Not me. My three favorite wrestlers of all time. Now, this is my favorite wrestlers, not my three top wrestlers. This is a different answer. But my three favorite wrestlers of all time are probably Stone Cold, Kurt Angle, and probably as a kid I love Shawn Michaels but I'll probably say I like Bray Wyatt more so my top three are Bray Wyatt Stone Cold and Kurt Angle I loved Kurt Angle my favorite wrestling storyline of all time is when Hulk Hogan took down Gawker Media okay 
All right. When when Hulk Hogan told the journalist literally to go to hell, and he tore that company asunder, and they've never been able to return. That was my favorite moment in wrestling history. Shout out to Brother Hulk. R.I.P. Deadspin. Yep. It did give us the moment where Hulk Hogan had to argue in court that he actually has a small penis. Imagine having to go in court and doing that. It did give us that moment where he had to say, look, no, there's a difference between Hulk Hogan and Terry Bollea. I've always talked about Hulk Hogan having a 10-inch penis, but no, Terry Bollea's is not that size. That would be tough. And it, you know, he was just wearing different color. Like his, his the way he was differentiating himself between Hulk Hogan and Terry Bollea was the uh, color of do-rag he chose to wear. That did give us a pretty good moment. That is a pretty good storyline, Seth. It gave us some amazing moments. I mean, the whole thing, just like... And uh, it got him sort of canceled. Like, he got the money, but at what cost? He got canceled for a little bit because we found out he used racial slurs pretty freely in the privacy of his home. Didn't WWE, like, start bringing him back? Like Yeah, no, he's, he's back now. They, 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 they kicked him off for, like, two years, but then they said, let's let, let's let bygones be bygones. We haven't really treated black people good in, during our time either, so who are we to judge? Is essentially what happened. I thought he was back. Did did they take him out of the Hall of Fame for a while? I don't think they like did anything where they took him out of the Hall of Fame, but they like removed all of his stuff from the website. Okay. Like you could no longer Google Hulk Hogan and like get his profile, and I don't think they were selling any of his merchandise or anything. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, I was a big Undertaker guy. So my I like three- Sting too. No, I hated Sting. Sting was stupid. Sting is such a normie answer. Every normie that liked wrestling liked Sting, and not me. I wasn't a normie. That's right. You're not a wrestling normie. I am a, a wrestling. What, what, what's the step above big boy? <laughs> what's the step above big boy? I can't. Just intellectual, in terms, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you. I mean, yeah, you're a you're an intellectual wrestling fan. I yeah. don't think there's any doubt about that. Right. No, I was not a Sting guy. No, Sting Sting was uh, quite overrated. My third favorite storyline. Okay, I got Austin versus McMahon. That's obviously a easy one. I get the Ministry. I loved that one. Uh. The Undertaker burning Kane's house down or burning Kane alive was pretty cool. Like from their childhood, that one was pretty cool. Because you realize, oh man, this guy definitely hates the Undertaker. He, the Undertaker set him on fire when he was younger, ruined him. Now he has to wear a mask. But then we found out it wasn't actually the Undertaker who set the fire, it was Paul Bear, RIP. Speaking of which, RIP to uh, John Prine. Yeah. That was tough. Yeah. F. We were pressing F verbally for John Prine. Sad stuff. Sad. At least it appears that Boris Johnson is going to make it. Seems as if he was, I saw he's sitting up in bed now, so the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom isn't going to die. Okay. That's uh, some positivity. That's a PCO. Yep. Um, 
All right. Who else? I got nothing else for you the rest of the day. No. Y'all gotta y'all need to ask more questions next time. Well, we didn't put up a thread and there's just not a lot going on. Yeah. So either way. See ya. I ain't got anything else. Yeah, I mean love you. Later, buddy. Bye. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna shake God's hand. Thank him for more blessings than one man can stand. Then I'm gonna get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Check into a swell hotel. Ain't the afterlife grand? And then I'm gonna get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm gonna kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of the world. Cause this old man is going to town <laughs> Then as God is my witness I'm getting back into show business <laughs> I'm going to open up a nightclub called the Tree of Forgiveness And forgive everybody ever done me any harm Why well, I might even invite a few choice critics Those syphilitic parasitics Buy them a pint of Smithics and smother them with my charm. Cause then I'm gonna get a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm gonna kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of world. Yeah, this old man is going to town. get to heaven, I'm going to take that wristwatch off my arm. What are you going to do with time after you bought the farm? And then I'm going to go find my mom and dad. And good old brother Doug, why well, I bet him and cousin Jackie are still cutting up a rug. I want to see all my mama's sisters, because that's where all the love starts. I miss them all like crazy. Bless her little hearts. And I always will remember these words my daddy said. He said, Buddy, when you're dead, you're a dead peckerhead. I hope to prove him wrong, that is, when I get to heaven. Cause I'm gonna have a cocktail, vodka and ginger ale. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke a cigarette that's nine miles long. I'm gonna kiss that pretty girl on the tilt of work. Yeah, this old man is going to town. Yeah, this old man is going to town. <laughs>